super quick before we get into today's episode because I've been off the radar for the past two weeks with COVID. I just haven't been paying attention to the podcast that much and to, 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 to the mailing list and just talking to all of you guys. I'm going to extend the sale we're having, the end of 2023 sale. It was meant to end at midnight tonight, New Year's Eve. I'm going to extend it until midnight, January 1st. Massive sale on all ebooks book bundles, the full library of books, the HX Stomp presets, all the courses, the learning by ear, the live archive, the transcription vault, all of that stuff. It's all at the website. It's yanagwizdala.com. All of the discounts are added automatically at checkout. You don't need a discount code or anything like that. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey folks, it's Yannick Wizdala. It's the Yannick Wizdala podcast. Massive apologies for the awful audio quality on the previous episode. That was uh, sort of right in the middle of me just being super under under the weather with COVID and just, I, I guess, kind of rushing and forcing the issue to get an episode out there. We're going for much better production value here today. And it's the best and the worst of 2023. It's my list of what won and what failed in the course of 2023 as we are here on New Year's Eve, December 31st, wrapping things up taking a look back on the year and looking forward to next year, which I think will bring uh, even uh, just even more surprises, uh, even more things that I know are happening that are super exciting. And let's go. I'm, there are a bunch of things on this list. Some of them, almost all of them, 80, 90% of them are, are music related, quite often bass related. Uh, but there are a couple of things on there. Maybe I'll, I'll open up with a non-music related one because it's fresh in the mind and it's the best meal of the year, the worst meal of the year like that because I travel so much um, and a lot of time is spent on the road or you know, eating out of studio menus when I'm, when I'm somewhere recording. Um, you know, when I'm at home, I love to cook. Uh, and I'm not going to pick one of my own meals that I like to make at home as one of the best because I actually, I couldn't even get close to the one I pick as the best for, um, for Chelsea's birthday this year, we got to do something very special, something she had been wanting to do since she was a little kid and something that is sort of virtually impossible to do a restaurant to go to. Um, there's a restaurant inside Disney called club 33 and we were very, very fortunate, um, to be taken there as guests by her aunt and uh what just what a highlight of the year i mean especially for her there was a lot of you know emotional uh attachment to that and something that she'd been thinking about for a long time and she said something very uh very very interesting uh, in the like before we went she was like you know i think i've sort of lowered my expectations on this you know it's it's this place and this thing and this thing i've been building up forever but maybe it's just all hype and the food won't be so great. And it's like one of those typical things. Like the, the, the funny thing at Ronnie Scott's, the jazz club in London that I used to work at uh, all those years ago and have played many, many times since is that they used to charge a fortune to get in, charge a fortune for the food. The music was obviously amazing, but the food was diabolical. It just was not a good place to eat. Yet it was one of the major uh, sort of you know, it's obviously a jazz club, but known for hospitality and eating and, and the whole experience. And it was it was terrible. It was really, really bad. And Pete and Ronnie used to laugh about that shit. And uh, anyway, we thought maybe it would be something, or Chelsea thought maybe it was something like that. 
we could not, it could not have been farther from the truth. Just totally knocked our socks off, insane food. So that definitely went in as just all round as well, not just the food, but the company and the fact that it was such a, uh, something that Chelsea had looked forward to for so long and that I could like share that experience with her. So boom, that was that. The worst of the year, it, I mean, it's got to be somewhere on the road. Like I did, you know, maybe a little too much touring in the US in 2023. And that comes with, uh, that comes with its, um, with its culinary downsides. So I, I don't think I can pick like a worst, worst, worst meal that stu- stood out. Like, oh my God, this I was dealing with for some time after. But just the fact that in the US on the road, it's so hard to eat well that at some point when you're in the middle of nowhere, you kind of end up eating some crap. So that's always, that, that's been my entire career, uh, the experience of my entire career though. So I know that is always the low point of uh, of food and nutrition is touring in the US. Um, so let's get to some, I mean, that was actually a little bit music related in the end. And um, it's a big fail of 2023 and a big win as well. And something I thought was quite unlikely. I didn't think this would happen. I had really, really high hopes for the Groove Gear capsule and... Um, I, before, I should have prefaced all of this by saying like it's going to be very easy for people to go in the comments and say oh you're throwing shade or you're talking shit or blah blah, blah. I'm just being honest um, all of this is based on like actual real world experience all of these things that I'm going to talk about especially when it comes to the gear and how I use it and whether it held up or it didn't and I don't mean it in a bad way I mean it in a constructive way and saying okay these are the things I didn't like about it and if you could improve them it would like completely change the way this thing works um so yeah let's just get into it like that it's all meant with uh with a lot of love and uh, yeah this first thing is the flight case the groove gear capsule which i had such high hopes for because although it's on the fail list for me there are still plenty of plus sides about what it um what it can potentially do and all the the little compartments inside in the in like the false front um like that that compartment there very useful uh, when i was using it in, in the back end of 2022 i did a big european tour with bob reynolds for three weeks and and took that and it would carry sheet music and pencil and tape to tape music and uh, an eraser and strings and my toolkit and 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 for a weekend bag like theoretically on paper it should be amazing for that it should be the one case you can take with you and check your instrument and a set of clothes and a wash kit and strings and cables i could fit you know an hx stomp in there if i wanted to there was a little compartment i could stick an apple air tag in on paper it does a lot of great things has detachable sort of backpack straps it has detachable wheels has a detachable um, grab strap on the top uh, all of these kind of modular things and it's carbon i guess uh soaked in epoxy and and hard it's like very rigid bottom end of it in reality the and, and hopefully if I have the time to edit some things into the podcast today, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll throw some video uh, of this because I'm ditching it. I'm like literally just tossing it out because it's broken now. I took a little bit of video before I did that. The zipper's not that high quality. Um, they definitely died. Uh, that sort of once that happened, that was sort of the end because I would just need to have the whole thing re-sewn with a new zipper in order to make it work again. The little spring uh, spring-loaded release pin uh, for the wheels, which, I, again, I think is a great idea to be able to take the wheels off, wheels on luggage get destroyed. 
uh, as we all know. Um, and to be able to have like these high quality skateboard wheels, to be able to detach them and throw them inside the bag when you check it on the airplane, I thought that was a great idea. But the little uh, spring-loaded pin release thing is super cheap and it broke twice. Uh, they did, to their credit, they sent me a replacement the first time, but the second time, like, I just don't, I don't want to keep using this if this is going to keep happening. Uh, so the last tour, it happened as I was leaving. I was at the airport in LA going to Europe and the pin, pin broke. Like, I can't get a replacement when I'm at the airport. Like, that's the problem with that. It's too high risk to destroy the case on one tiny weak spot. Uh, that you can't possibly replace as you're checking your luggage in at the, at the counter. So I had to do the entire tour and leave the wheels on. Then, of course, I was scared that the wheels were going to get destroyed. Uh, they, To their credit, they did stay on and they didn't get smashed, but we all know wheels are the weak point in general and who knows how long that's going to last. The grab strap, not great. It, I think it needs to be a fixed grab strap and not a detachable one. And it needs to be... Uh, parallel to the ground um right now it's just a strap that flails all over the place the wheels are too high uh so the center of gravity is way too high and the case is way too unstable so any minor bump or you go down a curb the thing is upside down immediately and twisting in your hands that was another another sort of check mark in the fail column for that and an experience of moving around on planes and trains and vans and really touring not just like going to the airport, flying somewhere, doing a gig and coming home, but really actually touring with it as a, as a real professional musician, as I'm sure a lot of people listening do. You know where you go, you move around, it has to be flexible, it has to be consistent, and it has to be practical. And unfortunately, oh dear, still on the back end of COVID here, sorry. Um, unfortunately, as, as great as the ideas were and, uh, in the design, um, the execution fell pretty short. The... Um, the, the carbon shell started to rub through and um, just because it kept falling over. You'll see um, you'll see in the video there that just uh, just started to rub through like somebody had been sandpapering it. Um, was there anything else on that one? I don't think so. It just, yeah, unfortunately it didn't work. And it's not cheap either. It's 400 bucks. Um, I'll be very transparent in that they gave me like an artist deal. So I think I paid 50%. I didn't pay full price for it. I'm always, as you know, very transparent with any of that stuff. Um, but still, 400 bucks with with some really major weak points. And who knows? That was a while ago. That I got that pre-pandemic, and I started using it uh, before, like right before the pandemic, and was kind of undecided on it. Nothing had broken yet, but the stability issues were still there. And then post-pandemic, that big tour last year with Bob Reynolds in Europe that just sort of sealed the deal it just sort of fell apart which was unfortunate the 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 win for the flight case was that it is the skb base safe i never thought i'd bring that back because the weak point of that was the buckle the stupid shitty plastic buckle that would break all the time and i'd get to the carousel having checked my base and the thing would be in two pieces and the base would be out in the gig bag floating around i was like fuck this and I had two of them, and, uh, and I ran into, I've, I've told this story maybe before, but, but I'll recap it right now. I, I, I hung out with Damien Erskine earlier this year when I was in um, 
in Portland and he was telling me he uses the same thing and his strap hadn't broken but he as a precaution put like a dog collar or some kind of strap around the two handles and that got me thinking I was like well let me just rip the strap off completely and get velcro straps around the handle the velcro straps are never coming off and I double strap it as well so there are two velcro straps strapped in opposite directions around the handle and I've been touring with it all year it has been amazing it's stable, it's light, it's simple. It doesn't have all these like features, you know, compartments and this, that, and the other, but man, it's the best. Um, I've actually just thought of another win and loss thing that wasn't on my list. I'll grab that in a second because it's kind of related. I, you know, there are, you can put a pair of shoes in there or something. I know Steve Bailey puts a tennis racket in his. You know, you can squeeze stuff in there, uh, but it's just simple and it fucking works. You know, you're going to get asked if it's a gun when you're checking it in on the airline and that's about the worst thing that'll ever happen. You say, no, it's a bass, guitar, whatever, and off you go. On your merry way um, and it feels really secure. Gary Willis turned me on to that years and years ago, maybe 10 years ago. And even then I was like, oh, I'm not sure about it and I finally tried it. And it really is, to me, the best way to carry the bass around. I always check the bass. As you probably know, if you've been following the channel for a while, I never carry that shit on. I should probably do a whole podcast about that or a dedicated video about musicians being too precious with their instruments and trying to carry them on and just going through hell in airports and trying to use all these tricks and sneak the thing in here and that it's all it's just at the end of the day it's not worth it trust me I'm getting old one of the, one of the benefits of getting old is that I've been around and tried all these things well a lot of them at least and I've seen both sides of it and if you don't want to go through 10, 15 years of bullshit before you get to my age and realize it's not worth it, just stop being precious about your instrument. It doesn't fucking matter. You know, kind of, I, I've, I've got to the point in my career where I'm like, if I can't show up in a city, I remember it's a bass. It's not a viola de gamble or, or some exotic instrument that is really impossible to source. You know, if I show up in a city and my bass doesn't make it, yeah, okay, so... I've been around a while and people kind of know who I am. There's pro probably a good chance a bass player is going to be attending my gig. I could reach out somehow. It's Maybe it's a little bit easier for me because I've been around longer to source a bass. But even if you're completely unknown and you show up in a city and you need a bass last minute, you go to a guitar center, buy a P bass for 500 bucks, do the gig, take it back the next day. I mean, there are just ways to do it that are really simple. Backline companies will rent you a bass, not that, you know, not that uh, for not that much money. And you're like, oh, well, well, why am I adding potential base rentals to my over overhead for the year? Yeah, okay, maybe it happens once. You've got to be an unlucky son of a bitch if, you, like, if your base gets delayed uh, like multiple times a year, if it's happening four or five times a year. And even if it does, the amount of bullshit you save yourself um, in slogging that thing through the airport and, and trying to get it on the plane and fighting at this and it just, no. Just don't fucking do it. Yeah. So, all right. That's the opinionated portion of the podcast over. And those are those are my my two my win and my loss for the flight case situation. Let's go to pedals because everyone knows I have no shortage of those. I'm a massive fan. I use them all the time. I would say that it's probably a tie this year. And I'm only going to hold up the compact version because the actual BP-1, the big boy, is now permanently in my studio. That's probably why it's a win for me. Um, is because it's a beautiful, it's a you know 1073 like Neve copy preamp in a pedal. It's permanently in my studio. I get to use it anytime I like. As I sit down, I don't have to plug things in and set things up. So that's 
my co-win in the pedal department and I have a couple of these BP1s as well. If I want to take them on the road, I'll take them to a studio and record with them. The other co-winner has got to be the HX Stomp. There's no way around it. It's like, yes, there are other pedals I love. There are other weird sounds I have discovered, the Pladask Electric and, and, and a bunch of things. But in terms of how much I actually use them, it's got to be the Stomp. And I, the, the, the frustrating thing is I know I'm using about 0.00001% of its potential, which is crazy to me because I, I do use quite a bit of it. And um, what part of my 2024 setup goals will be to extract more juice out of that thing and, and maybe have a little MIDI switcher or something. I, I, I went overboard a little bit with the MC8. I thought I was going to run the whole board and the Chase Bliss and this, that and the other, and it just wasn't realistic. Um, so maybe I'm going to go with like the MC3, the little one, to give me three extra buttons. Um, maybe I can control a couple of other pedals with it. That's the only reason I'm, I'm, I wouldn't use the, the HX Stomp XL on my main touring board because it takes up just a little bit too much space than I'm willing to give up. Um, and what did I have as a... F I totally had a fail pedal this year. God, and I've, have I forgotten what the fail pedal was? Are we going to go with only a win in the pedal department? That can't be right. <coughs> oh, dear. That can't be right at all. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know what? In the gear department, kind of pedal related, I, I got to say, um, a few times last year, I just rocked up at the baked potato and... Uh, I, w I just wasn't into bringing my own gear for a couple of nights. Maybe I was getting late. I don't know what it was, but I normally I took my whole rig there, set it up, broke it. Oh, you know, it was just because I wanted to get home early. I was on dad duty and the kiddo wasn't really sleeping through the night. That's what it was. I was trying to save some time, get a little more sleep and be around for the kiddo when she was doing her like 1 a.m. wake up so my wife could get some rest. And I ended up plugging, just using the house gear, which I think was an Ike rig amp and uh, an 8x10. And it it wasn't great. That's the only thing that I can think of. I mean, it wasn't horrendous, but it wasn't something I'd, I'd go back to it in terms of if I had to say win or fail, it would definitely be a fail on that one. It would not, or pass or fail. It would definitely be a fail, um, which is too bad. I heard uh, good things about Ike, but my experience with them so far wasn't great in that situation at the 55, at 55, oh, Jesus, at the bake, baked potato. Um, best, oh, I was going to do the best book best-selling book of, uh, I get a lot of questions about, hey, what happens with the books? It does one, I get a lot of kind of business-related questions um, coming my way via email and through comments and, you know, how do I do this? What's the best way to do that? Um, for anyone who's listening who, who doesn't know, I do th the books, uh, have done, <laughs> here we go, because this is what we're going to talk about a little bit. I have done the books, um, worldwide physical books through KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing. It's Amazon's platform. Oh, put a pin in that. It's literally sitting in front of me on the desk, the fail pedal. Forget about the Ike thing. The fail pedal, <laughs> unbelievable. Can you hear that? Oh, now it's not going to do it. But somebody complained in the studio that it was squeaking the whole time. Anyway, the 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 the, the springiness of the Dunlop um, Volume X Mini, the little expression slash um, volume pedal, which I love because they're tiny, and I could take two of them, and one would be the volume pedal, and I could have one for an expression pedal. It just they just started to fail. I mean, I do use them a lot, and the springiness of it, it just wouldn't stay in in the in in, in position essentially. Um, so that. 
that sort of died on me and that was a fail of 2023 and I had to go back to the what I go back to the Ernie Ball Jr which is obviously heavier it's just a volume pedal it's not an expression pedal um etc 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 so that was a little sad actually I wasn't mad about it but it was sad that I couldn't use these and they're also not that cheap for what they are so i'm sort of reluctant to buy it again and have the same thing happen i need to do some research into into expression pedals and volume pedals and uh, and also blender pedals my buddy hondo has this one that i want to check out so let's see they're, they're going to be definitely going to be some expression um, and modulation changes on the board soon but yeah there we go just remembered that um so yeah, with the books, I do them, have done them worldwide through KDP. Maybe that can be like the best and worst business decision of 2023. The best decision was to do physical books from home, was actually to sell these things, sign copies uh, from home. I'd always been really hesitant about it the last time I did things like that sold physical products the shipping was outrageously expensive it was really complicated to do i think things have really changed in the last four or five years and the 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 sort of infrastructure is there to be able to do it as a small business as an independent uh bookseller shall we say and so now these are shipping worldwide uh all the all the books so that was the best business decision i made all year the worst business decision was um and it's not really the worst. It's just the most laborious, I guess. So this isn't exactly a, a win and a fail, but it's a win in terms of doing the books because that's been amazing. Uh, shipping them myself physically. They are still available on Amazon, but um, the margins are better for me doing it personally. And then it's personal because I get to sign them and, and you know, send them personally out to, out to any of you who are buying them. So that's always really nice. And the feedback has been great about that as well. So, and they're selling as well. I have to keep buying stock. It's been absolutely insane. Speaking of which, I only have literally have one copy of From Practice to Performance left. So if you are quick here, <laughs> you might be the person, <coughs> excuse me, who gets that one copy. I've got to get more of those. Um, so yeah, the worst, man, not the worst, but the most labor-intensive business decision of the year was to get way back into YouTube. Like, here, what I'm doing right now, knocking out these episodes of the podcast, being consistent, being on time, being, I guess, uh, engaging, compelling, interesting, whatever it is, doing something that I love. You know, the whole Could I Play Bass With series has been fantastic because I spend my life jamming with records, so why not share that process with you? The feedback has been incredible, so thank you. Um, the channel's been seeing tons more views. I've been getting more offers in terms of um, sponsors and stuff like that. I haven't taken anyone up on their offers just yet, but, you know, some things going to be happening in the next couple of months. And so that's, you know, actually a good business decision, uh, but a really labor intensive one. I think I went from putting out maybe three or four videos a month on YouTube to in December, I want to say it's like 23 videos, not including shorts. So it's definitely a jump in in intensity in terms of the workload. So I got to question that. I got to find the balance point, the sweet spot. Um, and maybe that's a good time to talk about like the best selling and worst selling books of the year as well. I mean, I put out Giant Steps last year. It was maybe the worst selling, uh, the least successful launch of a book I'd ever made. I thought Giant Steps would be a super uh popular subject because so many people like try and play that tune uh, have difficulty playing that tune are interested in improving their chops on that tune and i went it was actually really labor intensive to put it all together 
to put all the musical examples together, to make all the etudes, to really sit there and think about my process of playing that tune over all these years and just practice in general that I've done over the past 30 years to put into a concept and a, a method. And then it was a, it, compared to the rest of the books, I mean, it sold some copies, but it was a total flop. Even I got physical copies. There are, I think, maybe eight copies left in stock of this. If you're quick, you can get one. Not sure I'll be restocking that one anytime soon because it's not, it's just not that popular. By far, so that was maybe the last column. We did the last column first. By far the most popular has been Bass Player's Guide to Pentatonics. I, like, I literally had to order way more than I normally do of this because they keep selling out every time I order them. So I'm ordering them like weeks in advance, even months in advance now, I think. I have a shipment coming January, February, and March, just of Pentatonics, because they keep sending out. Um, I, I love the book. I got to say, like, I use the play-alongs and these exercises, as with all of these books, they're all my sort of daily routine methods as they pertain to the subject. So, of course, I'm a big fan of it. I use it. And I guess, for whatever reason, this is the book that connected with everyone. I think because it has kind of a little bit of everything in terms of bass lines, chords, melodies, and it's based around a scale that a lot of people perhaps have a, a grasp of already. Maybe that's the the magic, maybe that's the magic formula there. But either way, uh, best-selling book of 2023, actually of all my books, eh, it's close. Lifetime, it's close between chordal harmony and pentatonics, and I would say all the good stuff. All the good stuff because that's been out the longest. Chordal harmony's been out almost as long and maybe it was another one where people were like, oh, I'm kind of interested in chords. Let me see how I can do that on the bass. So maybe that was a little bit unique. But yeah, in terms of the later books and just overall now, Pentatonics, I think, is totally in the lead. So that was the win of 2023. And hey, long may it continue. This this thing right here pays like rent and diapers and all kinds of things. It's, it's how I make a living. So I'm I'm always a, a little bit amazed and shocked and always grateful that these things continue to uh, continue to work. And I'm working on actually quite a big book project right now. I'm not sure when it's going to be out. I can't commit to how long it's going to take me. I've been doing it for some, oh, I'm almost a month now. So I guess I sort of average two to three months. So maybe by the end of February, we could be seeing, seeing a new release, which would be which would be awesome. I'm really kind of excited about that. It's like nothing I've ever done uh, done before. Let's see, I've got two more things on here. What was the best and worst gig slash venue of the year? And what was the best slash worst recording session? So obviously when I talk about the, the worst recording session, I can't really just out somebody as like, oh man, yeah, this this motherfucker and this was terrible, blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, nothing was that bad this year, let's face it. Um, I'm normally not saying yes to it. My radar is pretty well tuned to if something's going to be that terrible I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer and I normally just say no um so but there were a couple of things I did that I, I took a kind of a chance on and actually most of the things I took a chance on were really cool super fantastic there was one thing I did here remotely that was a little bit of a drag and just got into that like hey can we can you do this and can you do like too many revisions you know it was a little bit and it wasn't really improving the music or the or the song or the bass part or anything and it was just like okay where where do we draw the line here and i unfortunately i had to draw the line after like the third revision i said look 
I already think I got it in the first take. I've given you a second take and a third take, both two completely different approaches. If you don't think you have it from me performance-wise by concept number three, then I think you probably have the wrong guy. So uh, it wasn't like I was about to refund the money or anything because I'd already done a shitload of work, but I just said, hey, I think we're done here in terms of revisions and uh, you, you, maybe you have the wrong cat. Um, with the best recording session, it's hard not to choose like this, right? To choose Nightwatch. Uh, being in Argentina in the studio with all my friends for a week and just hanging out and playing my own music, there's always the biggest thrill, you know? I've also been in the studio with Steve Smith this year, cutting half a Vital Information record. We're going to finish that in April. I just ran to New York. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I just ran to New York for a, one day to do a beautiful trio record with Manuel Valera and Mark Whitfield Jr., which was super fun. So there have been some real recording highlights, but it's tough uh, to, to pick anything but my uh, my own album, which I was really proud of. And so yeah, and with that, I guess best gig venue situation and worst of the year, um, it would be wow. That's tough as well because I don't think we really had horrendous venues, but there were definitely some moments where it's like maybe not because the gig or the audience or the venue was bad, but because I was like under under energized. You know, I hadn't managed my time so well on the road. That would probably be the biggest factor to put something in the fail be like a personal fail rather than rather than the circumstances or the location or the people um and i was you know i was on the road in the van a bunch this year and some some gigs were like super high energy and amazing and they really stick out and some were like ah that that could have been a little could have been a little more energized um so tough to pick i know they're there they're they're always there you know that you always have that scale of like wow that was an amazing moment and shit that one can't possibly live up to it as a result which is which is tough you know and then in terms of the best is is really tough like i gotta say the trio gig we played with my band in nottingham was super fun a venue called peggy skylight that i hope to play again really great people great venue the sound was amazing the guys played their ass off there's i have a they gave me a multi-track of it so i actually have the show there's video of it i'm gonna be obviously the documentary for the album is coming in around the middle of january when i finish editing it so there'll be some footage of that in the documentary which you'll you'll get to see and um that one really sticks out i think our second night at the pizza express on that same tour (coughs) oh guess we're coming to the end here the voice is given up um yeah the second night we were sort of really dialed in first night there were a lot of a lot of slipping and sliding but second night we were dialed in and i've listened to that that could even be a live album it was so fun and then yeah so many highlights actually that's actually tougher to pick the good ones because i I was lucky to have so many gigs that's a thing now i'm really i really have to try and Obviously, I have to try and maximize the time I have to leave home, which is very limited. You know, the the you know with a with a with a small child and my wife works full time and all of these other responsibilities. Very hard to be on the road, so I can't go out and play two hundred shows and be like, "Well, yeah, cool, one hundred and fifty of them were good." You know, it's like I can go out and play maybe fifty, and 
you know, if, if, if only 30 of them are good, that's a lot of bad shows as a ratio. So I'm really conscious of the time I spend away and then how I approach, you know, the gigs in order to make, make them the, the best I can, whether I'm a sideman or whether I'm a band leader. Uh, so that's, yeah, definitely something I've been thinking more of in 2023 and we'll go into 2024 because it's already crazy like east coast midwest i think we're going to play in la this is with steve smith vital information we've got china taipei possibly japan um i'll have a european tour with my band do a new album i want to go to japan with my band i mean it's like it's i'm going to be right on the limit in 2024 for the amount of time i should really be spending away from home uh yeah this was always going to be a quick one um I'm gonna probably should have said this right at the beginning. God damn it! I'm gonna extend because I've been just out. I've been incapacitated for the last two weeks with COVID. It's been a drag. I haven't been able to tend to anything. But the mailing list, the the big sale that's going on, on the website right now. I'm gonna extend it one more night, 24 hours, um, to midnight New Year's Day, because I just haven't been talking about it and haven't been letting you know we're doing a massive sale on all the digital books, all the book bundles, the complete library, uh, sale on all the base courses, like the transcription vault, learning by ear, um, all of, all of those, the live archive, tons of stuff in there. <clears throat> those are all automatic discounts added at the checkout. You don't have to need a code or anything like that. I'm going to extend it another 24 hours just because I've been so uh, off the radar lately. Um, and then we'll get into 2024 and all the new stuff that's coming with that. Um, yeah, perfect. Uh, that's it. My voice is really gone. I've, I'm glad I got 30 minutes or so out of it. Right. I'm, I think I'm starting to get better, but, uh, let's see, let's see what tomorrow brings. Happy new year to everyone listening. <clears throat> 2024 going to be awesome. And, uh, that's it. I'm going to rest the voice. Speak to you guys real soon. Later.